It's time now for the complete story with Rich Bot, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here is Rich Bot with today's complete story. Yes, folks. Well, my dad's voice is continuing to heal, and we're very, very thankful for the, the good progress that we're seeing there. But I am going to take today's complete story program and once again return you to Washington, D.C. for the National Day of Prayer that took place just last Thursday evening in Statuary Hall at the U.S. Capitol. We're going to hear some wonderful prayers and some speeches about unity in our nation. And to start off, here's Dr. Ronnie Floyd introducing the evening. Dr. Floyd is the president and chairman of the National Day of Prayer and pastor at Cross Church in Northwest Arkansas. Here's Dr. Ronnie Floyd. And welcome tonight to the 67th annual observance of the National Day of Prayer. And what began in 1952 took on a more formal role in 1988 when both the House and the Senate recommended unanimously to the President Ronald Reagan that he sign into law that the first Thursday of each May would become the annual national observance of the National Day of Prayer. Tonight is about honoring the Lord Jesus Christ and Himself. Our theme in the 2018 National Day of Prayer is Pray for America Unity. Ephesians 4.3 says, Making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And we are calling out to God tonight to unify the church and to bring unity to our nation. And it was so thrilling to be there in Statuary Hall of the U.S. Capitol uh, after the presentation of the colors and a description of prayers that were taking place across the nation. We heard this from Reverend Samuel Rodriguez. This call to unity requires repentance, humility. If my people, if my people, not just any people, but God's people, not random occupiers of space and time, but God's people, not tools of political expediency, but God's people, people created in the image of God, people conceived of a sacred purpose, repentance and hope begins when we understand that we are God's people. We're not just anything, we are God's people. We, and it begins with the church, we are God's people. We are the light of the world. We are a city on a hill. We are people of the word. We are salt and light. We are prophetic and not pathetic. We are disciples, witnesses, and Christ followers. We are evangelists, pastors, and teachers. We are the redeemed of the Lord, the sheep of his pasture. We are forgiven, free, and favored. We are called and chosen. We are warriors and worshipers. We are world changers and history makers. Let me tell you what we are not, and I say this respectfully. We are not Google. We're not Microsoft. We're not Ford. We're not Starbucks, and we're not the NFL. We are the church of Jesus Christ, and the gates of hell will never prevail against us. We are God's people, which means we are not first and foremost black, white, yellow, or brown, Hispanic, charismatic, or automatic. We are God's people who are called by my name, not just any name, but by his name. 
And permit me to humbly remind you that in a world full of nomenclatures and brands and descriptors, hashtags and verbiage that divides us, there is a name that unites us. And America needs to know that there is a name. There is a name above every single other name. There is a name to whom which every single knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. There is a name that is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and there they are safe. There is a name, the only name given unto man through by which salvation has come unto all mankind. And in that name, the captives are set free. In that name, the lost is found. In that name, the broken become blessed. What is that name? It is the name of Jesus Christ. The name above every other name. And more, more than ever, our nation needs to hear that name. Not only in our churches, but we need to hear that name proclaimed from the Barrio to Beverly Hills, from Wall Street to Main Street, from New York to LA. We need that name to be lovingly lifted up and proclaimed. That name, believe it or not, can save this nation. Will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways of infanticide and moral relativism, sin, immorality, pornography, poverty, violence, false prophets, watered-down preaching, from terror and discord, from bigotry and racism, division, strife, injustice, hatred, jealousy, and unbelief, because repentance precedes revival. I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins. God will hear and forgive and restore our land when we recognize that now is the time. And now is the time to build a firewall of righteousness and justice. Now is the time to reconcile Billy Graham's message with Dr. King's march. Now is the time to bring an end to abortion, racism, intolerance, hatred, and bigotry. Now is the time to remind our nation that the donkey never died for us, the elephant never resurrected for us, but the lamb and the lion of the tribe of Judah did. Now is the time. Now is the time to remind our fellow Americans that Uncle Sam may be our uncle, but he will never be our Heavenly Father. And now is the time to remember that while we're waiting for Jesus to come down, Jesus is waiting for his church to stand up. Therefore, let us repent, let us humble ourselves, turn from our wicked ways, and in doing so, on this national day of prayer, we can prayerfully believe and declare that the next generation will once again embrace the reality that we are one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. God bless you. Amen. That was Reverend Samuel Rodriguez uh, at the National Day of Prayer in the nation's capital and statuary hall. Sammy Rodriguez is a senior pastor of New Season Christian Center in Sacramento, California, and president of the National Hispanic Christian Leadership Conference. The next one up was Donna Gaines from Memphis, Tennessee. She's an author, Bible teacher, editor, and founder and board president of a rise to read. Now with the prayer of repentance, here's Donna Gaines. Would you please join me in a prayer of repentance? Abba Father, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayers of your people, which we are praying before you now. Father, we are ashamed and embarrassed to lift our faces to you, our God, for our iniquities have risen above our heads and our guilt has grown to the heavens. We desperately need you. Please, Father, grant that we may see you as you are in all of your holiness, truth, grace, and love. And may we see ourselves in light of your glory and humbly repent for failing to love you with our entire being. 
Please grant that our love for you would surpass our love for self. And then the sin that so easily entangles us would no longer even entice us. God, that we would abhor what separates us from you and our fellow man. Please forgive us, your people, as we repent of the apathy and complacency that has gripped us and held us captive. Please awaken within us a hunger for you and call us to prayer and fasting as we repent as a nation for the strongholds of abortion, sexual immorality, perversion, racism, hatred, violence, greed, and lack of love for the least of these. Oh, Father, grant that the fear of you would fall upon our nation and that we would tremble at your word and desire to obey you above all. Please grant revival for your church and spiritual awakening for our nation and the nations. Oh God, would you supernaturally rend the heavens and manifest your presence by your spirit and glory among your people. Oh Father, we know that we deserve your wrath, but in wrath, please remember mercy. God grant us one heart and one mind in Christ Jesus. And we ask it in the name above all names, the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And that was Donna Gaines at the National Day of Prayer in Statuary Hall just this past week, the first Thursday in May, the National Day of Prayer in the nation's capital. We heard from H.B. Charles also speak about unity. The theme for this year's National Day of Prayer is making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. That's Ephesians 4.3. And right now we take you back to Statuary Hall to hear H.B. Charles, Jr., pastor of Shiloh Metropolitan Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, and president of the Southern Baptist Convention Pastors Conference, H.B. Charles. Second Chronicles chapter 26 records the story of King Uzziah. Uzziah took the throne at the age of 16 and reigned for 52 years longer than any other king of Judah. As typical of the chronicler, the chapter is divided into two parts, his great success and his tragic failure. His success is explained in three words in verse 7, God helped him. He was a political, military, and economic success because God helped him. But at the middle of the chapter, we move from his great success to Uzziah's tragic downfall. Verses 15 and 16 tell us that his fame spread abroad because he was marvelously helped until he became strong. When he became strong, he was lifted up in pride to his own destruction. There is an important lesson for all leaders from the life and downfall of Uzziah. The lesson is simply this, God helps those who cannot help themselves. Many quote the axiom, God helps those who help themselves, as if it is a biblical truth, it is not. That quote is not from the Bible, it's from Benjamin Franklin's Poor Richard's Almanac. The Bible says directly the opposite, that God helps those who cannot help themselves. Any attitude of self-sufficiency automatically disqualifies you from divine enablement. 
The Bible says he gives power to the faint. And to them who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is the essential key to believing prayer. Prayer will not work without a heart of dependence upon God. Prayer is our advertisement of our dependence upon God. As we confess our weakness, we draw closer to God. As one great leader taught his sons in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. When we acknowledge our weakness, our neediness, and our helplessness without God, it not only draws us closer to God, it also draws us closer to one another. Philippians chapter two, verses three and four, says, let nothing be done through rivalry or conceit. But with humility, each of us should consider one another as better than ourselves. And we should not look after our own interests only, but after the interest of others. And then in verse 5 of Philippians 2, it tells us how to do that. Let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ, the blending of deity and humanity, the son of the living God, humbled himself. And he should be our model. We should humble ourselves before him, who Paul says, at his name, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. May we advertise our dependence on him as we call on him in prayer. That was H.B. Charles. This is Rich Bott, and we're bringing you highlights of the National Day of Prayer event from our nation's capital in Washington, D.C., in Statuary Hall. Between these speakers, there was interspersed corporate prayer, and so we just heard H.B. Charles speak about unity among our leaders. Now we're going to hear from Priscilla Shire as she speaks about unity among ethnicities. And you know Priscilla Shire, the daughter of Tony and Lois Evans. You also know her from the movie War Room. This is what Priscilla Shire had to say about unity among ethnicities. In the final portion of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul begins to open our eyes to the enemy's tactics that he uses to discourage, to dissuade, to deter believers. His ultimate goal, to keep us from experiencing the victory that is already rightfully ours in Jesus Christ. And in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16, he says, that any person, or for that matter, family or church or nation that desires to have victory, they're going to need a shield. And he points to the reason why they need this shield. He says, because there is a very real enemy who is sending flaming missiles, and they're going to need to be extinguished. The launching of flaming arrows was a usual scheme of warfare in the first century when Paul lived when a strong, unified Roman army stood shoulder to shoulder, advancing in one line against the enemy, they were nearly unbeatable. So their enemy's tactic was to send 
of arrows that were lit aflame into their ranks. The goal of this tactic was not necessarily to kill the soldiers. The goal was to alight aflame tents and caravans and weapons and artillery. So that with fire burning, destroying the camps, some of the soldiers would need to leave the line of battle. They would need to go and tend to all of the fires in the camp. And because they left the line, there would be holes in the line, leaving it weakened and vulnerable. All of these openings would keep it from being a fortified front against the enemy. They were no longer an impenetrable unit. And this is when the enemy would strike. He would rush in on his opponents when they were no longer unified. The reason why the issue of unity must be a matter of urgent and diligent and heartfelt fervent prayer, not just today, y'all, but every single day, is because we have an enemy who is working overtime. He is sending flaming missiles sailing in our direction in hopes that he can break our ranks. He wants our lines to be broken so that we are left fragile and vulnerable and weak and exposed to his attacks. He is sending flaming missiles into our families. We can smell the smoke. We can see the soot. We can see it denominationally and culturally and, yes, racially. We are divided and distracted by lesser important and needful battles. We are watering down our potency and our power to win the war against him, really the only real enemy that we actually have. He is hoping that we will not recognize his work behind the scenes. He's hoping that we will ignore and will not detect his schemes, but division is always one of the signatures of the enemy's presence. And by and large, we are seeing his fingerprints far too often. Our families are disintegrating. Our churches are divided. Racial groups are splintering over issues that really are actually just flaming arrows sent by the enemy intentionally to distract us, to divide us, leaving our ranks fractured and weakened. But when you are fighting a war, you really don't care about the color of the soldier that is fighting next to you, as long as his gun is pointed in the same direction that yours is. And this, this is really what unity is. It is not sameness. It is unity of purpose and resolution. And so today, through intentional prayer, we hoist our shields. We file back into line with our brothers and with our sisters, our husbands, our wives, young and old, black and white, and everything in between, Baptist and Methodist and Presbyterian and Pentecostal. Unity, reconciliation with one another, is what a friend and mentor of mine recently described as a matter of urgent gospel priority. This is an accurate sentiment in my estimation because Ephesians chapter 2 says, but now you have been united with Christ Jesus. It was his goal all along. Once you were far away, but now you have been brought near. You have been reconciled to him through the blood of Christ. It was Christ himself who brought peace to us. He united Jew and Gentile into one people in his own body in the cross. He broke down the wall of hostility that was separated for us. Uniting us was his goal in giving his life in the first place. He shed his blood for us first to reconcile us to the Father, but then to bring us all into one family, in one body, underneath the umbrella of his bloodshed on Calvary. What an affront to the high price that he paid for us to not take this issue seriously. So today, 
We stand together in a unified front to let the enemy know that we recognize his tactic. To let him know that we will not stand by idly and just let him play us for the fool. Not today, not on our watch. We are the people of God and victory is ours in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, we so long that in our generation we could see the true answer to your prayer to the Father. That we would know what it is to truly be as one as you and the Father were one. Lord, we pray that you would give us eyes to see as you see. We look beyond the surface. We look beyond the difference to see the true heart. Give us your understanding. Father, we pray for ears to hear the silent cries of our brothers and our sisters in need. We pray for a compassion, a compassion that will transform us to look beyond our own lives and to reach to those in need. Lord, we pray that we will have a voice that will be different from the voices of our world. That seem to be so quick to criticize, but may we have a voice that lifts. May we speak a word of encouragement. May we affirm one another in your great love. And Father, I pray we will take on the spirit of your hands to reach out and to lift up one another, to care for one another, to embrace one another. And the world will know, the world will know that we are yours in the way that we love one another. I pray for that divine love to bind our hearts together that we might lead our nation to true unity in you, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. And we're bringing to you highlights of the National Day of Prayer event in Washington, D.C. this past Thursday, May 3rd. That was Dr. Tom Mullins, founding pastor, Christ Fellowship in Palm Beach. Also, we have next... Bishop Harry Jackson, Senior Pastor, Hope Christian Church, Washington, D.C., founder and chairman of High Impact Leadership Coalition, as he offers a prayer for urban America. Lord, we pray that the root of bitterness, according to Hebrews 12, 15, will not possess the African-American community. We pray that the generational impact of Jim Crow and lynchings and cross burning will not be imprinted on our spirit. We pray that you would give us grace to forgive by the hand of God. We pray that the generational blessings of Jesus Christ would rest upon urban America. No more murder, no more poverty, and the reign of sin must come down by the power of Jesus' mighty name. Oh God, bring an awakening, bring a quickening, bring a revival in urban America. Raise up a generation of prophets and preachers anointed by you to bring a generation into the kingdom of God. And we thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Bishop Harry Jackson at the National Day of Prayer. And we heard from Reverend Billy Graham through this video presentation that you'll hear. If I knew that Christ was coming tomorrow, do you know what I'd do? I'd do just what I'm doing today. 
We ought to live every day just as though the Lord's coming. You ought to have your bags packed and ready. You ought to not have your roots too deep. Help the poor. Love your neighbor no matter what race he may be. Get involved in the world in which we're living as a light and a shining testimony for Christ. Ye are the salt of the earth. Ye are the light of the world. Because when that last soul is saved, when the gospel of the kingdom is preached to every creature, then shall the end come, said the Lord Jesus Christ. Somehow he wrapped it all up with evangelism. And the scripture says you must come to the cross and repent of your sins and let Christ forgive your sins from the cross. Do you know Christ truly for your own heart? It is right to go to church faithfully. It is right to observe the religious traditions of your church. But you can know Christ in a new way. So tonight, if you're ready to renounce your sins, you're ready to receive Christ. You're ready to receive this Christ who can help you to live a Christian life. And you're ready to go to the factory and the shop and the home and live Christ and testify concerning Christ. Then tonight, you can be a Christian. I want all of you to bow your head and I want you to pray this prayer out loud after me. Oh God, I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sin. I'm willing to turn from my sin. I receive Jesus as my Savior. I receive Him as Lord. From this moment on, I want to follow him in the fellowship of the church. In Christ's name, amen. I wish we just had more time to share with you more of the National Day of Prayer observance in our nation's capital. Folks, this was in Statuary Hall, and as we're sitting there with these statues surrounding our group, statues of the founders of our nation, kind of like a great cloud of witnesses, but it was just powerful. There were prayers, many, many prayers, group prayers, corporate prayers, and music. I want to share with you this one musical selection to give you a flavor of that. Make Us One from the Brooklyn Tabernacle Singers.
The Brooklyn Tabernacle Singers at the National Day of Prayer in Statuary Hall in Washington, D.C. This past Thursday, May 3rd. Unity, that's the theme for this year's National Day of Prayer. Our uh, listener comment line is 1-800-345-2621. We always appreciate hearing from you and hearing your comments about our programming, uh, things that you like, things that you would like us to change, anything that we can do better to serve you and serve the Lord. That's what we want to do. Thank you also for your prayers for my dad's voice as he continues to heal, and I know he looks forward to talking with you again soon. This is Rich Bott. Thanks for listening to this special edition of The Complete Story. (laughs) 